Hi everybody, Jonah here. You might recognize my voice from the Hinge podcast, Dating Sucks, or my podcast that I used to have with my sister called Los Angelships, or maybe you're new here, in which case, hello, uh, or maybe we have been on a date or you've, we've worked together on set. Whatever the case might be, welcome to a new podcast project that for right now I'm calling Jonah Show. There is no the. It is a show that encompasses all the things that I just kind of love talking about, uh, dating, The Bachelorette, uh, filmmaking, Disney, Aesop Soaps, Brooklyn, New York. It could really be about anything. One of the first original programs we're going to be doing is a segment called Batch Bros, where once a week, myself and my co-host for that show, Jeremy Middleman, will dissect, but not really recap fully, um, more so dissect the episode of The Bachelorette. And I hope it provides some entertainment uh, as we were coming from it from a filmmaker perspective, also as just, you know, two guys who are good friends, who are bros and enjoy watching uh, The Bachelorette. So let's go ahead and jump right in to the episode. Two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Jonah Show. Today is the first episode of Batch Bros, uh, our uh, weekly segment where myself and... Hello. It's Jeremy. Uh, take a look at the Bachelorette episode. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host in the moment and dear friend, brother in blood, Jeremy Middleman. We're here. Oh, the Jonah Show. It has a nice ring to it. You did say you were going to help me think of a better name. It's uh, almost as good as Batch Bros. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not quite. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Working title. Um, Jeremy is in Los Angeles. I am in Brooklyn, New York. We are doing this over Zoom and Zencaster and a Notes app and any other service you want to shout out that we're using right now, Jeremy? Zoom chat, uh, this mic I bought in a sweet Prime Day deal. And, you know, that's pretty much it. I think Google Drives helps us track our teams very well. Google Drive is a, is a helpful thing. And the team you're talking about, of course, being our league. So a quick history, uh, and Jeremy, please chime in here where I do not know, but you convinced me to watch the bachelor with you during Colton and Cassie's season, almost three years. So, years ago. yeah, I, for years, my, my brother to his credit, Jason had introduced me to the bachelor and was like, you really should watch the bachelor. And at first I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like the bachelor, like, why would I ever watch that? And then I watched one episode and I was like, Oh, this is, the greatest thing of all time, uh, became very addicted and, you know, uh, said to you, you know, based on your love of dating and talking about dating and, uh, your films that have focused on this, uh, you know, you really should watch the bachelor. You would very much enjoy it. Finally convinced you to get on the train. And we started with, uh, Colton and Cassie and it's been batch bros ever since, because, you know, with, 21 plus former bachelor cast members having their own podcasts the world needed to hear us talk about it the world needs it because there's not enough bachelor podcasts out there really not right. you know in the space you know the world needs an expert concise take from someone who at one point was the host of the number one dating podcast on apple that's and correct. from a guy who has been on dates that's, that's so right. no, no one more qualified than the two of you us. You know who knows more than the actual contestants and producers of that show? Us. That's us. right. That's right. Um, so 
we find ourselves now, for everyone at home, we have a Bachelor League that is comprised of a few of our friends. Shout out Luke, shout out Max. And in our league, we select a team. It's a snake draft. Jeremy, I think that's the correct term, snake draft. That's it. You got it. Sports. Sports. And uh, we have a couple players in our team. And I just want to get on the record right now and say, because people will deny this, I've actually strictly won the, the, the past, I believe, three of these pools. And uh, Jeremy won the first one. Absolutely incorrect, but that's we don't have to get into that now. That's not incorrect. Uh, I, you, I, we tied I in paradise. It's literally the only I time Tana Ann. that you okay, can I, sniff to win. All right, we're not going to do this now. <laughs> All I know uh, is last night, after one episode, your team has five guys left. And you lost five guys. So I was going to wait till episode two to bring this season. I was going to wait till episode two to say this, but just so everyone at home knows, Jeremy lost his entire team the second episode of Peter's season. <laughs> Are Do we recording? <laughs> <laughs> if you mean I lost my entire team night one, except for one girl who didn't get any screen time night two, <laughs> yes, and then I lost my entire team. So yes, that would be correct. Uh, it was an you- off year for me. I have risen like the phoenix. With almost my entire team intact through episode one, so you're a, you're a really good sport. Let's though, go, Zach C. If you if if that had happened to me, I would have stopped watching the show completely. So I think that you <laughs> are a good sport, and I'm excited. Yeah. May the best batch bro win this season. That's right. May the best batch bro win. Uh, let's get into it. I think this season's super interesting. Uh, you know, having become a bit of a bachelor historian, degree in bachelor history. Uh, it's the first time, obviously, that the show has shot during a global pandemic. <laughs> uh, but honestly, like we needed a little good news. Like there's more important things than The Bachelor. But of course, like we we deserved a little break, like a Lakers championship. That feels good. Feels good. Uh, Bachelor coming back. 2020 seems to be rallying nicely towards the end of the year. Hopefully that trend continues. Uh, and. Yeah, I think, you know, it's super interesting that, you know, they quickly showed Claire in quarantine. She she was a bit stir crazy, uh, didn't really seem that bad. She had like her two incredible dogs with her. I, I really like, nice kind of wished I was in quarantine. Uh, yeah. That was a whole new thing. The dogs came out when the guys were like gathering. They were like, holy shit, there's dogs this season. And you got to imagine that there is someone on set, an animal handler, you know, who got to see some time, got to see, got to get that day rate in. You know, we need a dog handler for this day because you got a lot of expensive equipment and to release a golden retriever. You know, and by set. animal handler, you mean some poor PA who had to look after <laughs> right. Claire's probably allergic to dog hair and just <laughs> not does not want to lose their job. Yeah. Uh, but I did think it was super interesting that um, it feels like La Quinta was the perfect place. I mean, you and I have spent mm-hmm. weirdly a lot of time at La Quinta in Palm Springs. Well, backstory uh, for our listeners. I, I went I've been going out to La Quinta since I was four years old and. My grandma used to live out there. You know, Jeremy, my, you know, as we've stayed, my dad has a place out there. And he, funny enough, early on, the guy that like gate watches the gate in my dad's place was sending us screenshots uh, and texts <laughs> of, uh, you know, um, like the, the producers and everyone going in and out of the uh, casitas and whatnot. Which Jonah then used to cheat in our bachelor pool. How did I cheat? <laughs> I'm curious anyway. how I cheat. No, I'm curious how I cheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just you know, behind the scenes footage and all that. Um, it's very interesting. I think just psychologically, 
in this Siri just came on. Uh, psychologically, the guys have it much better this season, better than any cast non bachelor, like non main person cast ever had. It. They are staying in in two banger rooms with queen beds. Typically, they have them in one huge room with bunk right. beds. This is like if you're like, yes, it sucks quarantining. Yes, the pandemic is terrible. But if specifically to The Bachelor, if you're on this season, you are like living large as a contestant, which I thought was super interesting and maybe a bit of an advantage over past contestants. Are, are they alone in these rooms or do they have a roommate? To me, it looked like they were staying in two two to a room at La Quinta, which those rooms are very nice. Big did, queen did, beds. Did they have two to – because I saw two beds. I remember they showed those scenes of them jumping on their beds, but I don't think I saw other people's things. And why would they, they – like, They might have their own rooms. Like uh, I'm sure they shut down a again. large portion of the hotel, which means they would have just a ton of empty rooms. To, to describe the to, to people who haven't been there, it's essentially paradise. In this season, it's very, very – it's like 80 degrees. It's dry. You kind of feel like you're part of a you know, Santa Fe village. It's very it's beautiful. Um, you can golf. You can play tennis. You can go for a run. There's um, – you know, there's there's a lot of great like uh, art. Like, there's a lot of dope art everywhere. Like, yeah, I was very curious. T- two notes on the La Quinta of it all: the room where they hosted the cocktail party. What room is that? This massive like ballroom yeah. that I didn't know existed on the property. It's the it's a conference. It's a it's a convention center where you, if you have a convention out there, that's like your ballroom. I did not so even they- know they had that. And yeah. uh, per- perhaps a future Batch Bros convention there. Yeah, yeah. I did like how they decked the La Quinta cul-de-sac to look like the mansion roundabout a la normal limo entrances. I, I thought that was sort of – you kind of indoctrinate the audience into this new geography via set design yeah. you're used to. It's very smart. If you have, if you've never been to La Quinta, you would have never guessed they were anywhere else. I thought that's I was right. like, oh my god, that's where like we've, that's where we would get sandwiches, you know, when we were just go for a walk. But like, oh, that looks like the mansion. So well done that like, if you were to watch clips of these limo entrances up against, you know, in a top ten limo entrances all time Bachelor, you would think this season right. had been filmed at the mansion, right? Really well Perf- done by the production. Perfect segue, by the way, into these opening limos, which yeah, let's we, talk about. Well, I want to just say one thing, which is. I don't get at this point, we're so far in, if you're doing any sort of remote stunt, you know, you're not winning. And when your producer, because we all know how the show works, when your person says to you, you should do something special for Claire, like show up in a fucking ball, like a plastic ball, like a bubble man. Yeah. Do you think you're winning? I mean, Jeremy, you know, the show better than I do. Has anyone ever quote unquote won the show by having, by having a, not by having, but who had also had. I think it's an easy way to get a rose night one. I think it helps Claire remember you. There's 30 guys. And assuming you're also like pretty handsome and you're, you know, you can hold the conversation and you're charming. I think like that it's a boost. That being said, it has no boost. I I just think it, it, it just helps you stand out. There's 30 guys coming in. One after another, after another. Right. But the, the most sincere, I would actually love to know the stat on, how many people who had a stunt intro actually got a rose versus didn't get a rose the first night? Because you and I both know the most meaningful intros are the guys that grab her or the girls that grab the guy by the hand and say, Hey, look, um, I'm really excited to get to know you in there. And it's a fucking energy you have with someone. It's not, you took the words right out of my mouth, which is like, I agree. The sincere, like magnanimous entrance always plays more powerful. And I think leads to that direct connection right away. 
But I, 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 to me, it's a cheap way to, to try to get a rose night one. And then if you yeah. have staying power, you stay. But otherwise, you're going to mm-hmm. be gone shortly, right? To me, and, and like also, though, th- there's a line. Like, the bubble boy was funny. They're in a pandemic. They're in a bubble. It was funny. I, I, <laughs> I get it. That's, that's smart work. I, I forget if that guy even got a rose. I don't even remember who he was. But like to me, the knight in, in shining armor, while I appreciate the dedication like he was wearing like fucking chain mail under the arm like yeah like he was ready to yeah, that joust was, that was uh, weird that was like that was like and but like then he didn't even do like a cheesy pun like he didn't even say like yeah oh i'm your knight in shining armor he literally took the knight unless i'm misremembering he took the knight armor off and was like Hey, I'm chasing. Like I was like, no, you're I was like, oh, right. like no, like reason for the night art. Like it was really a crazy moment almost where I was like, was he just tired from like taking off nine layers of armor? Probably. Like honestly, yeah. I, I, you know, you you look at the armor too, and then it's like, okay, you just had 20 minutes of an intro about how everyone had to get tested and flown in, and I saw that guy who had the car, and I'm like, so who was in charge of getting tested, going to pick up a vintage vehicle in LA, getting the car scrubbed down, picking it up in that person, getting retested. The extra layers of the pandemic really become hilarious, which is like, uh, two more thoughts on the entrances. The guy who had a parachute on, but didn't skydive in, to me, that's an immediate, like, not even like no rose, like you cut him before he enters the building. Like, you can't wear a parachute. Yeah, you can't wear a parachute and not actually (laughs) skydive. Yeah, it's disrespectful to the process. <laughs> and so on transitioning off the night note, how long is too long to commit to a bit? For example, the straight jacket. This fucking guy whose <laughs> yeah, name I don't remember, who ended up getting a rose, it was the most surprising moment of the night in my yes. opinion, was still wearing the fucking straight jacket when he got the rose. Not even like, oh, like he just still had it on. His arms were still tied behind his back i was like what is happening yeah well they had that shot where i remember it's like that it's like the shot right before the commercial where like the guys are all looking at something and this dude's in the fucking corner his arms around his shoulders it's like has he not had a drink all night i was gonna say do you not drink all night like what (laughs) like it's crazy Uh, i actually he did get a rose didn't he he got a rose for sure. Yeah. Like, listen, I love a good commitment to a bit. Like, I can't yeah. fault it. If you're going to go for a bit, you got to commit. That to me is too long. Once you sit down with her, the straight jacket, she's got to help you out of the straight jacket. You give her the hug. Yeah. Now that your arms are free, there was just an, a missed opportunity there. So, so, yeah, well, there was one limo entrance that stood out uh, that I think dude. we should talk about here. And it my, ties my into just, the theme of I our mean, episode. Yeah. And you know what I'm going to say. I, I wanted to say to the audience here that one of the things that we're going to try to do as batch bro experts is try to deduce a thematic, a thesis, a point to what we're doing here beyond just enjoying talking about the show and the theme of this episode. And I'll probably go back and just add this to the top so everyone's following. But the theme of this episode and perhaps this season, however long or short it may be with our lovely friend Claire, is, is there such thing at... at the theme of our season is, is there such thing as love at first sight? Jeremy, what are your thoughts? Well, what you're referring to is Dale's limo entrance. And we've all heard the rumors, but for people who are watching chronologically, we won't spoil any rumors here. But just from what we saw last night, Claire you know, was immediately smitten upon seeing Dale. 
Uh, I assume you she, were as well. I assume you course. were. And, and then I quickly Googled him and found out that he, when he played in the NFL, he had run a four three eight forty and a 41 inch vertical. So not only is he handsome, but he is an elite athlete <laughs> uh, on, a, on a professional scale. I'm going to laugh and like I know what those numbers mean, but I have that, no that's idea. Right. That, that's right. <laughs> that's fast. Jeremy, dude, this is and a pastor <laughs> podcast, not sports <laughs> sorry, podcast. That's tough. Right? You know, the, the crossover was, was begging. Uh, you know, not only was she smitten and kind of uh, breathless and, you know, he gave her the, the classic lift hug, which we saw. Peter yeah. abused during his season as, as a man, <laughs> uh, with every girl he ever went on a date with, which is insane. Uh, but, uh, you know, afterwards she muttered, I think I just met my husband, which a shocked Chris Harrison felt the need to come into frame, interrupt limo entrances and go, did you just say yeah. you met your husband? And also like whisper off camera, yo, we got to fucking shoot a show. Like relax, right. girl. Like she, we, she got, we got 10 weeks wall. of this. She did. She broke, the, she broke the fourth wall. She looked so, right in the camera lens. you know, you asked me, what do I think about love at first sight? And I have some thoughts on it, but I would ask back to you, do we think this is love at first sight? Or do we think this is love at first sight plus in the five months that they shut down when they were about to shoot because of COVID, she stalked Dale's Instagram, fell in love with him over the internet, and couldn't wait to meet him because... She liked his vibe, and he was her totally. type, and he's obviously incredibly handsome. Totally. Uh, what do we I, think? I have a, such a hot take on that, and it's so reflective of some of the stuff that we learned doing dating during the pandemic. And a lot of people – well, first off, just to echo what you said, Dale is a very hot man. Uh, he got out of that limousine. That is, that is undisputed at this point. Yeah, he got he got out of that limousine. I was like, I, I – you know what? Shockingly. I was good. aroused. I was aroused. Right. I was like, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and you're six four, that. and you're six four, like plus the four three eight forty. Good God! <laughs> yeah, good God. Um, <laughs> that smile. Now, here's what I'm going to say: Do I believe in love at first sight? I actually do believe in love at first sight, but it is okay. actually not the sight. It is the energy. Is the X factor during the pandemic? Digital dating. You guys all listening probably went on a Zoom date or have texted somebody or Facetime with someone. And you maybe were exploring the idea of whether or not you could fall in love. I was fascinated mm -hmm. by this. And I asked a literal like fucking scientist expert, uh, can you fall in love with someone through a computer screen? And the scientist expert said to me, no, you can't. You need to technically to fall in love. You need to feel something called the cuddle chemical. It's basically, it's a chemical in our body. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but it's a chemical that you feel when like you're born, like when you like, you know, when you're like sleeping with somebody or when you meet somebody, your, your brain sends this chemical. It's like a connection thing. Um, mm -hmm. Now that it only comes from in real life contact. And so the thesis for, can you fall in love with someone over screen is you can fall in love with the idea of them and you can fall in love with like what you um, envision and you can fantasize. But like technically speaking, you're creating your own fantasy about who that person is. So, and I'm curious your take here, but, my thesis is something happened where, and maybe she stalks Dale, but Dale gets out of that limo. She's probably stalked all these dudes a little bit. He gets out of that limo. And then there's just that cosmic fucking thing that happens that when you meet somebody, there is an inherent vibe and energy. She was also maybe a little bit starstruck just because she had looked at his Instagram. So like, it's that thing that happens when you look at someone in yeah, real life, but absolutely. also, but also there was perhaps that thing 
that happened where she's like, oh my God, I need to spend the rest of my life with this person. Now, I actually do this after every single first date I go on. Yes, as you know report to out. me the day after each date. What do you think? What do you think? You think uh, that I she- think you're on to it. I think you're on to it. To me, it's a combination of like, it was certainly infatuation at first sight via stalking his social media. Like, you know, listen, mm-hmm. they put these shows, they shoot them. Uh, but here's the thing about like The Bachelor is it's not akin to normal dating. The, the one that's closer to normal dating is Paradise, right? Because there's multiple girls and multiple guys and they have a chance to choose from a group of people who they want to go on a date with, and they test out different relationships, and then they decide if they're going to get with someone. This is not normal dating. One person does not walk into a room with 30 people solely vying for their affection. And the other thing they don't factor in is they don't have phones, and they don't have right. the normal ways we interact. But what they did have, interestingly, this season is they had a five-month period where Claire knew most of her cast, because it had been announced, And then the pandemic shut down the world and she still had the ability when they hadn't taken her phone away and they hadn't had her delete Instagram for five months because the show wasn't shooting uh, to, to seek out those people. And she even said Blake, one of the Blake Moines, which is crazy that they have almost the the same last name. So they couldn't do Blake. Very confusing. uh, Either letter. I I, I was freaking out about the the full last name. I was surprised he was on my team. I saw he was, I was like, wait, I just fucking like, that was very interesting that they did that, but uh, break from tradition to be sure. And the, you know, she's, she looked these guys up. Everyone that was confirmed coming back, the older guy, they recast the cast to be older between the shutdown. Cause they, cause they now knew that Claire was going to be right. the bachelorette. And I think that's actually been great by the way, cause we've run into this thing in the last few seasons where when it's younger bachelor or bachelorette with younger women or men, a lot of them are there to become social media famous. You know, it used to be even six years ago, it was, do you want to go on to be famous? Maybe, but that meant you had to like be a reality TV star and like get your own show after like that's very complicated and the odds are very low yeah. to become a social media influencer it's basically guaranteed if you go on the bachelor right if so there's that weird yeah there's that yes. weird part of it now so i like that it's a little older but getting back to the topic like to me for those 5 months she kind of i think she picked probably her top 5 guys just off like scouting right and then i think that there's that infatuation and then dale walks in and it becomes lust at first sight cuz he is that handsome person and he lifts her up yeah, and it the, goes the com, well and he's super charming. Yeah. And they have a great conversation. He gets the first impression rose. So I, th- I think it is a combination of you Hold on, they're, commit they're to com- it. Well, I was going to say their conversation subpar. I actually think she was way more overbearing on him to the extent that she knew more about him than he knew about her. Unless he's That's shy. Right. Like here's here. I'm going to be real. You and I kind of had, we, we read Twitter, like it's rumored that they are together. I don't know if that's true. We can't confirm that. So when you're watching those scenes and when you're, even the way the show is edited, they're, they're almost highlighting and bolding their moments together. And I'm like, for someone who's going to met, apparently fall madly in love, this is not like he's as into it as she is. Unless you think I'm misreading No, I will say I'm very surprised after their initial interactions that, the rumors exploded like they did because you're correct. Their conversation was very whatever. But what I will say about this show is obviously he's fully in. He's one of the contestants. Her as the bachelorette, she's going to pick like three guys up top that she is like are the top of the pyramid. And it doesn't matter how those conversations go. As long as they don't go badly, 
Yeah. Or they don't say something like that's terrible and it's like, Jesus Christ, like, why is this guy on the show? Ugh. Or gross. Um, or insensitive. She's going to continue to up those guys until the show ends. And that's why you end, you, like, you get a lot of these relationships where they just like break up immediately after the show. Cause it's like, oh, we actually, I was just like trying to make this happen and we didn't really have chemistry and I kind of forced the issue because I didn't want to date Yosef or someone else. Wow, tossing Yosef under the bus, huh? Okay. Well, <laughs> only because he's on your team. I, so let's talk about the moment where Bla- uh, Dale comes in and then Dale walks away. And again, in a way that wasn't like she was looking back at him. He wasn't necessarily looking back at her. The, to me, I'm like, I'm glued to it because I'm like, okay, I want to see that Prince Charming and Princess moment that Disney yeah. has taught us that happens right. when true love exists. She breaks fourth wall, looks into camera and goes, I think, I think I just met my husband. That was unprecedented. But now then, and then we had this moment where the clip keeps rolling. We cut to out of fourth wall, wide shot. Chris Harrison comes in off screen and goes, what? Now here's my question. Off of all of these intros, is it possible that after every single intro, Chris actually steps in to debrief with Claire in some capacity? Whether it's moving a prop out of the way or saying, what'd you think of him? Like, is it possible he's always on standby and they just, they just let that shot keep going or was sure, that? It's possible. Okay. So that's what I, I think I... you were going to say, or is that something they shot after to enhance that story? Or is it alluding to the, yeah. Or is what we're deciding that they, because, or was that so unnatural that the only possible reason that they are cutting it like this is because it's actually a, sort of stage in a sense where all right let's kind of fuck with the audience here and because the world kind of knows these two end up yeah. together let's go pick up this shot of yeah, claire in the fucking dress yeah i think do you you're think right. they would do that uh, i think certainly they would do that i mean the contracts these contestants sign they can they can literally edit them so it like they can edit them basically to sound like what they like they can take three words from three different quotes and edit it into right. a sentence. they're allowed to basically slander them uh not that chris harrison has that contract but like to me that could have been shot later could have been shot uh and and like not to get super technical here with like conversation you and i will enjoy but like they have to reset that fucking crane camera after every limo entrance so they can get like the magical entrance and use the ones they like so there is like probably a few minutes of downtime between entrances Certainly an opportunity for Chris to go in there with the B cam and get that, you know, one-on-one that also didn't have to happen directly after Dale went in. They could have picked that up after later, like between limos, whatever. And also that could, Chris could have gone in and they could have ADR'd it to make it sound even like more convincing. So like to me, who knows if that happened in real time, but I think it is interesting. Like you said, that they are playing up the rumors. And they're like just yeah. not leaning into the chronological nature of it. Yeah, it's just like that moment of the whole way it was just done and shot. And I think she's being sincere. She clearly is in love with him. No one's that good of an actor, you know, even in, in script world. Like you see those butterflies in her. And but I do just wonder in like the way that they're pushing it narratively if they are sort of running the cutting, you know, they're acknowledging it is my point. Like they're obviously acknowledging that something's going to happen here, but I think that's actually smart credit to the editors and producers for doing that. Agreed. I think this season is cool because it is unprecedented in that, like we had that moment, which you've never seen. You've never seen someone say that. In fact, they're coached to like not say they love 
the suitors until like the very end. And you have, you know, Chris Harrison coming in and really playing up the moment, which I thought was great because he's Johnny on the spot and he knew exactly what to do. And we're in this situation where you have Claire, who's a bachelor veteran and who's now 39 and really is there to get married and no other reason. And if any of these people are there to not achieve that goal, I think she's going to cut bait. Like to me, the best moment of the show in terms of like bachelor canon was the drama started with fucking imposter Tyler C and uh, Yosef. And dude, literally yeah. as soon as one of them came to her, he was, she, she paused him and she was like, this is a total pro move, by the way. She was like, stay right here. She goes and gets the other fucking guy yeah. and just immediately two on ones them. I was like, that's genius. Like, cause the drama is just always in the way. And she was like, I'm not going to fucking deal with this. And I'm here to find a husband. And literally she just stuck them together and was like, all right, now that you guys are here, like, Clearly yeah. want to use a snitch. Like I kind of already have an opinion on it and you guys yeah. talk this out, I, it, <laughs> which they know, did so, not expect at all. It's so funny. You bring that up and I'm like, I'm like, I just watched the episode a couple hours ago. Right. But yeah. you know, what's so fascinating is it because unfortunately I kind of think we know where this is going. I really love the moments of the episode where we know, we know like how the movie ends and we know the destiny, <laughs> but we don't know how they get there. So I'm fascinated by these little moments between Dale and between her, Claire, and I'm like, well, if this is what love at first sight looks like, if this is what we need to go get married and fucking escape this horrible, you know, um, um, purgatory of a show, I'm like just looking at him like, what are they doing and saying that, that made them find that happiness so quickly? And do you remember, I'm trying to remember, what were the other conversations that they had in this episode? Uh, it was kind of, it, it was a little bit all over the place, but it was kind of necessary because it, it had been so long and everyone had been like going crazy and quarantine on the, it devolved into Yo- the Yosef and fake Tyler C drama, like taking over the entire show. Uh, and like all the other guys being like, what the fuck is happening? What the fuck is happening? Like, and then all of a sudden it was like the rose ceremony. It was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then the sizzle reel for ne- next week was like, all right, like sh- shit is about to get real. But I do agree with you in that, like, do we think, you know, there's a rumor that Dale and Claire leave early and whatever, which is surprising given, you know, she obviously wants to be in love with him based on their first interaction. But you are correct. Their conversation was pretty whatever. And she gave him the first impression rose regardless. Do we think... Even, you know, Claire, the whole narrative with Claire is like she's waited for her chance to find love, right? And she's the oldest bachelor and they keep pushing this stuff. When it first came out that they might leave together, I was like, why not be sure? Like, take the extra three weeks as if that's any time at all. Like, because by the way, they get married in five weeks on this show or engaged. And like, why not take the extra three weeks to explore it? Like, I'm sure often in in the, not that I've been the bachelor or bachelorette, but I'm sure often they have a front runner. Very early. Colton admitted that it was Cassie from about week two in in an interview I listened to. So to me, it's like, take the time. Do we think the pandemic psychosis of like being in quarantine for six months (laughs) led a little bit to like, fuck it. He's the guy. Let's get the fuck out. Like, we got to get off this show. We got to get married. Let's go. Uh, I think you just nailed it. I think it's 100% that. I also think because Claire is such a pro. Claire is such a pro that she knows that the process will ultimately create unnecessary speed bumps by the very nature of which the show exists, which is like the longer you're in 
You know, the mm, longer you're in the game, the more fouls you're going to draw. You know, like there's like that's a sports <laughs> reference for you sports folks out there. Like, so, so you think she part of it was like cutting the producers off at the knees so they couldn't fuck with it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Whether they want to that's, admit it or not, that's you know, very they're good. Like, she's like, let's just fucking evac. And I respect that. If that's actually what ends up happening, I respect that. But I actually think you know the part I was a little bit confused about with Claire as well. She's acting like she hasn't been allowed to go on a date in ten years. She's yeah. acting like this show is the only way she's going to find true love, which is a hundred percent not the case. Because I don't know what the percentage is, but the last four Bachelor seasons or Bachelorette both. Those couples haven't stayed together. They have not stayed yeah. together. So I what is she? Interestingly, in recent seasons, the staying together, you know, it's it's been sort of cataclysmic, which is why it stood out. Like Peter's shit ended very badly on multiple fronts, and then he ended up Correct. with like the fifth, the fifth runner up, who he like didn't like. He cut very early. Who like we all kind of knew that they were going to get together anyway because they had, had a relationship prior to the show that they kind of downplayed. Uh, Hannah, you know, chose a guy who had had a girlfriend the whole time. Uh, we saw how Colton and Cassie ended recently. That was fucking tough to, tough to read. Really tough. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. Oof. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's been, it's been a tough draw, but I do think, and this is not with any data in front of me, when the bachelor or bachelorette is slightly older, I think it does sometimes lead to, a more serious thing after the show. And by the way, there's been a ton of success stories on the show. You know, they like to tout the bachelor babies and there have been a lot of people get together. A lot of the paradise couples are weirdly successful. Again, I think like that to me, I feel like the, the thought process. And by the way, big shout out to our buddy, Luke. Uh, This will be his first, if projected correctly, win in the batch bros league. And actually that's not true. Guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out, but he did pick Dale and, uh, Credit to him. So um, let's talk about your team. Because I'm seeing why? your top two picks as Bennett, who you may remember wore a scarf with his I tuxedo. I'm not upset with that. Yeah. And also, uh, I think he called Har- going to Harvard and talking about it in conversation the H bomb, which is. Yeah, he called the H bomb. That's. Of course, unacceptable. But uh, would you want to trade Zach? About- would you want to? Would you want to trade Zach and and uh, Bennett for uh, for Zach for Zach C? You want Zach C from me? Yeah, for Bennett and Zach. I I obviously don't want Bennett, given that he called going to Harvard the H bomb. What about? I, I could never. About, what about Blake? My, Blake Moines is looking pretty good. What about Blake uh, and Zach? I did like Blake. Is is that the right Blake though? Yes, that's Blake. That's the right. That's the correct. Is that one. the one who reached out to? Oh yeah, Blake Moines is great. He's like this. I think the solid number two. Is he on your I team? I agree. Yes. Wow. He's on my team. Late round not, pick. All right. So fucked. for the record, after night one, Jonah has Bennett again called Harvard the H bomb. Tough. Zach J, uh, who I don't remember off the top of my head. Probably not a good sign. Joe uh, Garen. And Blake Moynes, who looked very strong. So that's a good late round pick. Thank you. Thank you. I have Zach C, Tyler S, Kenny, who I remember distinctly uh, was interviewed a lot. And then at one point during the rose ceremony, he said, I haven't talked to Claire all night. And I freaked out. Like, what have you been doing, Kenny? And then he (laughs) did get a rose. So maybe next week will be improvement. Ben, Jordan C, 
and J, you may notice that I have more names left than Jonah because I but have Jeremy. More that it all the so just to explain the way our league works, it's fan. You got to get to fantasy suites. Also, just so everyone's clear, very interesting year for our league. We drafted knowing that it was going to be a long season with Claire and perhaps given some rumors that might not be the case. So very interesting time for our league. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to, do we want to talk about this trade with possibly giving me Zaxi for, I think we don't because I'm not sure anyone on your team is worth trading for. Well, I would disagree, but you know, uh, (laughs) I guess you're talking to someone who's won three times in a row, but what do do I know? What can you do? Let me ask you this. Uh, Do we think one of the fantasy suites will be the Frank Capra Capra suite where we, where we want stayed? Of course. Of course it will be. I would think it would be. Uh, Jeremy and I once stayed in the Frank Capra suite, uh, which is a really lovely suite. Has his typewriter in there. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. So we're, you know, we're coming up on the final here of the Bachelor Bros episode one. Jeremy, any, any leaving statements or thoughts that you want to sort of touch on? I got to tell you. I agree with you. I, I'm so curious to see how the Dale stuff plays out. Uh, and yeah. I can't wait to talk about it next week once we have a bit more info, just because the yeah. sizzle was absolutely insane. Insane uh, sizzle. I, I really enjoyed last night. I think part of that is it's been so long since we had like a new Bachelor, B, new television, and C, anything to enjoy mm-hmm. that wasn't already like available uh, during the pandemic. Uh, but I, I, I think this season could be great. And I like that it's already been unprecedented in this unprecedented situation we're in. And I like that if the rumors are true, it's going to continue to be very interesting and twisty. And we will be here to talk about it as it goes on. I agree with you. I will not lie. I felt like I was watching an old episode of the show. Like I went back a couple seasons and pulled something up. There is something that sort of feels very after the fact about it. I can't get, I can't wash that feeling out of my body right now. Um, I really am fascinated by Claire as a character more. So I'm fascinated by the production of this season. And I agree with you. I think we have a lot of twists and turns and it's tough for these ones because you don't know who these guys and girls are yet in those first couple episodes. They're just like, think of all the characters we loved from previous seasons. Like think of Mike J and think of Tyler C and, these are just, they were just Tyler C and Mike J in that limo. That is know? one thing. I think they did a bad job with like giving the guys characterization. Like I don't mm-hmm. even really know who my guys on my team are quite yet. Like I know Dale, I know Blake Moynes on your team. And after that, there is a steep fall off of like who is who without me having to like Google their head. So true. So true. And I guess that does take episode two, three, but yeah. um, it's normal. I mean, 30 guys now. Yeah. But uh, listen, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Batch Bros. Um, you can watch these stories happen in real time. Jeremy does a really awesome Batch Bros every Tuesday when The Batch is happening. It's sort of our video segment. And because I don't get live television, I don't do it anymore. But I do enjoy watching Jeremy's. <laughs> That's so, uh, at Middlesticks on Instagram with an X. We'll make sure to tag that. And uh We'll see you guys next week uh, for next week's episode of Batch Bros. This was fun, dude. We'll do it again. Nice hat. <laughs>